so girls coming after but sometimes i slip up and say some shit that's ratchet forgive me i'm a work in progress most days i'm conscious still i'm a product of my west baltimore environment so please excuse the near in me if i get out of pocket in my first class seat if i don't give a about what you're saying to me if i'm too big for my britches then give me a sheep i need room to grow i'm still figuring it out and if you say you ain't you lying hell you talking about Hello, and welcome back to Not Your Average Church Girl podcast. For the last five weeks, I have had the honor and opportunity to talk to different women in leadership roles in the church. I spoke with pastor's wives, women who co-pastor with their husbands. We met a pastor and her husband, single pastors, We spoke with some husbands and how they support their wives in ministry. And today, I'm going to talk about me, (laughs) why I'm a pastor. Now, please let it be known, I never strived to be a pastor. It was never a life goal. It's not part of my vision board. It was nothing I ever planned for in my life. As a matter of fact, I was hoping I'd be on Broadway. Mm Mm-hmm singing and dancing and acting my heart away. I've mentioned before, but I grew up in church and I was not the person you expected to be a pastor. Trust me. I was that loud, opinionated, difficult Sunday school student. I was the one whose teachers talking to my mom. It's just that I said, she just talks so much and, you know, and and look, I was a fighter. I fought with boys all the time. I fought. I even remember fighting with my pastor's daughter. For what? I don't know. Helping in church was never a question because I grew up with my mother always helping out at church in different ways. The first thing I remember helping out with was cleaning the church. I remember vacuuming and even scraping the gum off the bottom of the benches. Yeah, you nasty if you do that. It's so wrong. My mother even lent her home interior. If you guys know what home interior is, I might be dating myself. She used to let people, the church use her home interior to decorate. I just have an early memory of just always helping out at church. We would clean the restroom. We would clean the toilets. Like, it wasn't a question of whether or not we were going to help out in church. My mother was a Sunday school teacher and she was even my mission teacher. For those of you who don't know what mission is, it's basically a Christian Girl Scouts club in the church. But we didn't get to sell cookies. So serving in church was always, I say serving, helping in church, whatever you want to call it. That's what I did. Well, sometime after middle school, I wasn't really involved in church as much. It wasn't until my senior year that we started getting involved again. We started going back because my mother was in the hospital after giving birth to my youngest brother. My tias decided to take myself and my siblings to church. I really did not want to be there. I had a very difficult time there. I didn't really click with anybody, even though I grew up with him. I was having a really hard time. I was intentionally problematic because I hated being there. So you can see why some people were like, oh my gosh, it's out of state again, right? But my mother recovers and we go back to church. She starts teaching again and she asks me one day to teach for her because she's not feeling too well. By this time, I'm kind of getting involved in church. I'm singing in church, trying to get involved with the youth group. By this time, I have a better rapport with them. 
thanks to a dear friend of mine, April, who helped me connect with them, which is a whole other story that one day I will share with y'all. My mom says, here's the lesson. Please teach for me. Okay, I go in and I remember just loving it, love teaching it. I didn't, I loved studying for it. I loved what I learned about it. I don't even remember the, the story or the lesson, but I remember that sparked my my love for the Bible, really. And then about a year later, I went to Bible school. Bible school is like a trade school for people who want to serve in ministry. They specialize in training people how to be a leader in church. There's different types of leadership roles within the church, but the gist of it was they gave you the biblical foundation and how to be a leader in the church. I grew up with many strong female leaders. The ministry directors were women. My Sunday school teachers were women. I knew a lot of women, so I didn't really think anything of it until I went to this Bible school. There, I started to learn this belief that women were not allowed to be leaders or teachers or preachers. And I thought, well, what the heck am I supposed to be doing? Why am I even here then? Let me explain. The school did not teach this. However, they had allowed an associate pastor to teach at the school. And this was his personal belief. I know. Why have him there if he don't believe the same thing as the school? I don't know. I don't know. Here's the issue I had, okay? I was thinking, why aren't any of the dudes in this class sticking up for me and the other girls? Like, for real. And then I thought, why aren't any other girls saying anything? You know, they had a lot to say back in the dorms or at lunchtime or any other time or even during breaks, but nobody was saying anything. I wasn't going to keep my mouth shut. It's one thing to learn about this teaching. Hey, there's this other teaching in these verses about women in leadership. You should know this. This is how you defend yourself or whatever, right? It's another to be Learning from a teacher who in your face says, you're not supposed to be a pastor or a preacher, so I'm not going to teach you in that context. I thank this teacher now because it pushed me to question what I believe. Not just to live what I was taught, but to understand what I was taught. Coincidentally, I was also taking a women in ministry class. Yeah, go figure, right? Tuesday night, I got this dude. And then Wednesday afternoon, I got this homegirl. And she told me something completely different. You have no idea the thoughts and the studying that I struggled with in that year. You have to remember, I had just gone serious about studying God's word and even going to church. And now I find myself at this point three years later. Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be teaching? Am I supposed to be preaching in churches? Am I supposed to be leading in church? If my peers aren't speaking up against a teacher or defending 
what I believe in? Am I wrong? This was a real question for me. How do I just ignore what I was just taught? You see, up to this point, I'd only seen Bible school as a place to deepen my knowledge about the Bible. I had no intentions in being a leader in church at all. I was just going to come in, get closer to God, know more about his word, and then leave. It wasn't until that same year I started to feel a responsibility to teach God's word, wherever it may be. It could be in a church. It could be in the streets, wherever. So you can see my dilemma here. I have this desire to teach. Now I have these two views that I'm struggling with. For me, it's not just about a girl can do whatever a boy can do. No, it was more than that. I wanted to make sure that I was biblically sound and that I was biblically obedient. So I took what I learned from both of these classes and I took some time to pray about it. It was a hard time. It was a really hard time for me because my most important thing was I didn't want to do something wrong. I didn't want to be wrong. I got all of the knowledge from these classes and I went before God and I said, please help me. I don't, I don't know what to do. I know what I was raised to believe. I know what I'm being taught here in school, but I don't want to follow blindly. So then I was encouraged by my professor. She talked about how she too entered into that world. She was asked to pastor a church and many members of the church didn't agree with it didn't believe women should lead churches. So instead of arguing or fighting, she asked them to give her some time. And if there was no fruit, then she would gladly sit down. Well, needless to say, they saw fruit. Okay, okay. <laughs> After much prayer, much study, I decided I'm just gonna go. That's what Matthew tells me, to go and make disciples. And that's what I'm gonna do. Because you know what? Whether I'm behind a pulpit or I'm sitting at the park, I'm still teaching and it don't matter. I didn't care for the answer. Well, a woman has to go because a man wouldn't do it. That's the stupidest thing anyone could ever have told me. As if. Look, God calls both men and women. After Bible school, I went back to my home church. Very different for me. Because now I was no longer just Chonanoi. Oh yes, by the way, that's a name for me. <laughs> I was no longer Chinanoi, the little girl who bit people in nursery and fought people. Now I'm Araceli who bites people's heads off with her words. <laughs> Look, y'all, I was this very zealous person. I just, I felt I had so much to prove. I wanted them to see that I deserved to be here. I wanted their respect. I didn't want to be seen as this little girl. I didn't want to be seen as the troublemaker that I was. I wanted to be seen as a woman that God called. A woman who held many different gifts. Because I, I felt I had so much to prove. I butt heads with a lot of people. But nevertheless, they were so gracious to trust me with the youth group there, with young adults, with worship. I learned a lot 
in those five years I served at my home church. They even trusted me to preach from the pulpit. After serving at my home church for a little over five years, I moved to Orange County. Let me tell you, now when I was at my home church, I was a youth leader. I was a leader. I wasn't given the title pastor, and I was comfortable with that. But now my current home church, Fado Church, was looking for a junior high pastor. The Lord led me to Fado Church, and I went. That means... I felt it in my soul to go, and I went. And these last 10 years have been, (laughs) they have been quite interesting. I've had many different roles, but the consistent title that I've had was pastor. And it was interesting because what I got a lot when I would tell people I'm a pastor, the first question is, oh, you pastor a church. Which church? Oh, Fado Church. The senior pastor is Josh Beanthor. Oh, so you're not like, so you're not like a real pastor. I wouldn't know how to answer that. Or if I was talking to somebody who didn't agree that women can be pastors, I would say, but I'm a pastor. Oh, well, that's not the same thing. I don't know what the difference is. Can you explain to me? Well, it's not like you're running a church. Now, I don't have the time to explain this, but I will tell you, whether you are the senior pastor of a church, the children's pastor, the creative arts pastor, you are a pastor. Pastorship is not just an office in the church. Pastorship is a God-given gift. It is a person with the heart of a shepherd who cares for the people, who looks out for the people, who loves on the people. And you are probably thinking, Araceli, aren't Christians supposed to be like that? Love people? Yes, but a pastorship is a different task. Look, if you know anything about a shepherd, look, they slept with the sheep, they clean up the sheep. They're in there day in, day out, dirty with the sheep. And not everybody has the patience or the compassion, the care, the love to do that. Some people just want to come in, be all flashy, and then step out, but not do any of the dirty work. This is what a pastor does, but I digress. Along the way as a pastor, I've been able to do some really cool things. I've held different types of roles. I've worked with teenagers. Then I moved to working with the community. And from there, it sparked this interest in church planting. On this 10-year journey, I have had a lot of ups and downs. I've made some mistakes. I've learned some lessons. And I am most grateful for the friends that I made in Bible school. I know I may have complained about it earlier, but good did come from it. I have walked with some amazing minister friends. We have grown up together. We have celebrated life together. I've gone to their weddings. I've gone to their baby showers. I've gone to their kids' birthday parties. We have just done life together. 
These are friends that I can talk to about anything, about life, about ministry, and they have really lifted me up, and I'm very, very grateful for it. But I don't just have friends. I'm very grateful for my family because they make sure that none of this gets to my head. I have my mother, my sister, my cousins, my tias, my tios, all of them making sure that I don't act a fool. <laughs> you see, the hard part about being a pastor is someone hears that title and they expect you to act a certain way. And my family, they're not having that. I'm still Araceli. And I can be Araceli without any judgment. And thankfully, they can be themselves around me without any judgment. It took some time to get there because, again, I had a lot of growing up to do. But I'm so grateful that I have my family there to keep me in check. That's what my journey as a pastor has looked like. Thank you for listening. And thank you for listening to all of the other episodes. I don't know how to express how grateful I am that you have listened and supported this podcast. Well, that's it for now. But I'll be back in June. I'll see you then. Bye. But trust in the Lord, it'll be okay The mountain Lean not into your own understanding Ooh, it'll lead you astray But trust in the Lord, it'll be okay The mountain